0: I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With the huge workload at this time of year, the stresses and pressures on dairy farms are at their greatest. Peter Hines is a dairy farmer who has struggled with mental health and is a keen advocate for the importance of talking and improving health and well-being among farmers. But before we spoke about this, I asked him about his farm system.
1: Here is a grass-based system. Uh, I returned home farming in 2010 and after quarters went, we built herd up from 50 cows up to, we're now milking 180. Uh, offspring calving, uh, so we try and feed somewhere between a half ton and 750 kilos a meal per cow. Uh, pedigree Halstein herd, uh, we're a keystone herd, so we use uh, the G1 bulls and uh, we're chasing EBI as much as possible. Uh, we've grown the EBI, the herd, uh, a lot in the last few years. The heifers on the ground, would had have uh, an average EBI of double uh, the milking herd, um, so we're gaining genetics very, very quickly.
0: And and when you say um, that you you went farming in 2010, this was a this was I suppose a new venture for you, Peter. Can you delve into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I was working for Roadstone and uh, I got the opportunity. I suppose to come home and help out on my stepfather's farm, and. Returned to uh, Dara, down to Clannochiltiag College um, because I felt first thing I needed to do was go and educate myself and see what was new out there. Um, We weren't doing a whole pile of days of grass at the time. We were doing about 240 days of grass, about 270 kilos of milk solids. So I knew uh, in order for two people to be at home farming, things would have to change and change relatively fast. I also joined a discussion group. Uh, I was very lucky at the time that I had Tom Curran as my facilitator. and. Uh, I suppose, between going to Ag College and uh, help from Tom and the discussion group, got straight into grass measuring. Uh, The following year, we did 310 days of grass, um, and we changed to an AI system as opposed to a stock stock bull had been used up until that. Uh, So it was kind of changed the whole system so that we could try and start getting it efficient as as fast as possible. Uh, We were also running a calf-to-beef system at the time. Um, which, to be quite honest, which uh, when you looked at it, when we looked at it on paper, it was essentially a savings scheme. We were what money we were putting in, we were getting it back after 30 months. Um, so once quarters went, uh, the beef cattle went straight away. We went straight to 100 cows. Uh, we didn't really have the facilities, but I suppose our aim was to grow the herd as fast as we could and then change our facilities because uh, we, we needed a, a decent herd to have repayment capacity. So in 2017, we calved down 150 cows. We built a new milking parlour. So we had an eight unit parlour and 70 cubicles at the start of 2017. And you can imagine calving 150 cows and that is a huge challenge in itself. But uh, the new facilities... We're ready in at the stat vehicle, uh, so we now have a 20-unit parlour, uh, cluster flushing, automatic cluster removers, uh, bailing, um, put in the moo monitor system there to reduce uh, labour requirements, and we have uh, 190 cubicles and feed rail for 240 cows, so I suppose that's the other thing we'd been doing all along was putting a huge effort into uh, the breeding season, trying to Tighten our calving pattern, we went from a 31-week calving pattern in 2010 uh, down to last year, we calved 86% in six weeks, and this year we're due to calve 77% in four weeks. And I think looking at the calving percentages at the moment, we'd probably get close to 80% in four weeks. But it's it was a way in which we could gain a huge amount of milk and grow our milk solids as fast as possible because we still have a very young herd. and. Uh, You can imagine putting in a lot of heifers every year uh, and trying to get out the inefficient cows that were kind of been chasing themselves the whole time.
0: And I suppose that's something I wanted to pick up on with you, Peter. You mentioned, like, when you started farming in 2010, there was 270 kilograms of milk solids. And, you know, that's relatively low when we look at the national average, which was probably around 370, 380 at that stage. What have you built that to, um, say, if we look at 2018?
1: Uh, So last year they did 440 kilos of milk solids. Um, and our goal is to get to 500 kilos of milk salads, uh, which I think is achievable with a bit of age and EBI with the new genetics coming in the whole time. Like you'd see our first and second lactations are kind of really pushing the boat out as against all the old, older cows in the herd. But when we were trying to go grow, we weren't culling um, willy-nilly, we were just culling the empties. Um, So you'll have
0: scope to do that in the future. And I guess there's a few things you've pointed to that have also contributed to that. You know, you're breeding for, you know, very strong on the EBI in terms of genetics. You're achieving higher days of grass. And also that... Really high six-week calving rate, you know, you, you know, you're at eighty-six percent last year. That's going to drive a long lactation, and I suppose, you know, really getting all the, um, as much milk out of the pos- out of the cows as possible. And um, if we just uh, roll back, then you know, you mentioned in twenty ten you went to ag college and I suppose uh, with no offence to you Peter you were probably older than I suppose the average cohort in the ag college was that a daunting experience for you uh, and how did you find it?
1: I was older than most of the lectures now to be fair
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) Um, I was was 36 and look I didn't have, I wasn't going to get the VAT exemption uh, by going back to ag college so I suppose everyone would have told me on paper it was going to be a complete waste of my time but you can imagine trying to, as was a, as a husband with uh, daughters and trying to do a bit of farming as well, and being in a discussion group. Uh, trying, I hadn't kind of got the option of traveling or maybe going going on a different course, and I just felt, uh, Dara ticked all the boxes. Uh, hands hands out to the lecturers, they were phenomenal. Uh, they gave me all the help I needed down there. And i think just between that and the discussion group and when you're keen to learn uh and soak up what's been given to you uh, there's great people out there that are willing to help educate us and uh i suppose i was maybe lucky at the time i uh I got student of the year down in the college uh when i finished so it was uh nice to see a bit of hard work reward i might have done a little bit of work more work down there had i known there was an award at the end of it but sure it all worked out. And I guess then, Peter,
0: like, um, you know, a lot of our listeners would be very aware of you from social media. And, you know, I suppose you're a good example of somebody who would talk about their dairy farming career as a really nice way of life and, and I suppose a very family friendly way of life.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, to Paul and myself uh, right. run the farm full time together. Uh, we're the only main labour units on the farm. We use contractors to fill the gaps at the minute and the kids... Uh, are very good in fairness to them. They take every a, a turn day on a Saturday and a Sunday to give us a hand on the farm. Um, Our 11-year-old daughter, she can milk the herd of cows. She'll come milking with me and she'll run the parlor while I'm fetching cows and doing a fence and I can, I'll can, I, fall in with her. Same with the, our 15-year-old daughter, Chloe. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't uh even attempt to run the farm at the level that we are. Uh, if I hadn't Paula working alongside me, we'd back each other up. Uh, We're very much teammates and... We have a passion for the job, and both of us are still trying to learn. And we try different things, and some things work, and some things don't. And you learn from your mistakes just as fast. Mm. Um, and it's it's really nice to
0: see the younger generation getting involved with you, and potentially some future farmers farmers coming up along too.
1: Ah, oh yeah, we'd hope we'd hope so. I mean, we'd be very conscious that you know, we don't want to sicken them from farming either. You know, they have to enjoy it. Uh they're not both they they don't both kind of get stuck in together. They they take it in turns so that they. They get to go off and do fun stuff with their friends and GA and swimming and whatever. And uh, but uh, no, it's it's great to have the, the team support and enjoy it together because this was as you can imagine when times get busy and there's a long hours to be done. It makes it a lot easier when everyone in the household understands what's actually happening.
0: Yes. And I suppose if, if we move on then, Peter, um, you're getting involved in a fundraising initiative and I suppose we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But I suppose where is the background for this coming? Um, I suppose you're working uh, alongside uh, Chuck Tom um, based in Kilkenny um, in terms of, I suppose, awareness for mental health. Um, so, you know, talk through your interest in this in this area.
1: Yeah, so I suppose uh, 20, if we go back to 2017 there when we won the Farm of the Year, we had an open day there with Chagask and uh, a good number of the egg companies that we work with um, and one of the charities that we supported at the time was AWARE and we also supported Breast Cancer Ireland and I suppose we just kind of felt at the time it was worth noting why we we picked both charities and uh, nobody had known up to then. But uh, I struggled with depression uh, seventeen years ago, and I suppose having seen the dark days and seeing how t- a tough life can be and come out the other side and learn how important it is to talk. Uh, it was just something that I suppose there was a passion about, and it was it was a huge eye opener to me when I said it publicly. How many people uh, maybe took a a bit of relief or a bit of guidance from him in that uh, they saw how important it was to talk and I get a huge amount of private messages and phone calls and I've uh, had some amazing conversations with people that have struggled in silence and maybe just wanted to chat to someone that they felt they had something in common with uh, so in uh, if we roll forward into November 2018 um I had to make a speech at the Farmer of the Year Awards and Helen Carroll was MCing and because uh, myself and Paul are ambassadors for Rugby Players Ireland Tackle Your Feelings campaign which is a mental wellbeing campaign and Helen rang me the following day I haven't listened to the speech and, and whatever and she just uh, said, look, she said I'm very friendly with Angela Hayes who runs the Thomas Hayes Trust or Chuck Tom in Kilkenny and she said, I think Angela would love to chat to you so. I said, by all means, pass on my contact details and uh, had a chat with Angela and she wanted to see if she could engage more with the farming community. And I suppose she's, uh, she doesn't receive any state funding. So uh, that organization uh, costs a huge amount of money to run. They supported 500 uh, people and families in twenty seven, twenty eighteen, 2018. And um, I just, myself and Paula kind of we we'd been looking at something to work with in mental health in 2019, and we said, right, this kind of really fits the bill of what we want to do, and it gives us a chance to do something within the farming community uh, as much as possible. So,
0: and I suppose that's where um, rearing to go comes from, and I suppose, and um, I suppose, if you give us a bit of insight into the event, um, when it's on, where it's on, and what we can expect.
1: Yeah, so Rearing to Go uh, is number one. It's a a charity auction uh, of calves in Carnmart on the 2nd of March, um, which is a Saturday, not clashing with any of the rugby matches. So We have a good family day planned. Uh, There'll be lots on down there. We have celebrity auctioneers. We currently have uh, 33 calves donated, um, and all the funds that are raised on that day will be going directly to Tom. Um, And on top of that, then what we also do with Raring to Go is because our number one vision is to create awareness in the farming community. We have a Twitter page set up and every Saturday we have uh, someone from the ag sector chatting about uh, their own mental health, uh, mental well-being. Um, We've had some phenomenal people on in the last few weeks and another guy coming up this weekend now, he's from uh, the U.S., He's got an amazing story, but it's all about showing people the importance of talking uh, and not being afraid to talk to someone and just sharing stories. Uh, And we're also looking in the the future at setting up uh, workshops. So we hope to run uh, maybe eight or 10 workshops throughout the country in the ag sector uh, over a 12 month period.
0: And if we look at the, you you mentioned that calves are donated. So individual farmers are donating a calf, um, I suppose, from their farm for auction. Um, Is there still an opportunity for farmers to donate calves at this stage?
1: There is. I mean, look, calving is well in in swing. Uh, The reason we chose the 2nd of March was to try and stay within the DB uh, the test for farmers, uh, so the calves would mostly be under 42 days, but we're, we're uh, greatly uh, accepting donations right up to the day of uh, the auction. Um, Cork marts are huge supporters. Every farmer that donates a calf is getting a free bag of volak, heiferlac, uh, and also a bag of calf nuts from dairy gold, uh, so we want to try and give something back to the farmers as much as we're trying to ask them for something. It's mostly dairy-bred heifer calves. Uh, there's been a few farmers that have got, got on that have don't have a surplus uh, replacements. So they've donated an Angus or a Hereford uh, bull calf to us. So we're not we're not just
0: targeting the the dairy farmer here. We're also looking at the the dry stock sector as well in terms of what we have to offer. And I suppose you mentioned it's a family day, so it, it, you know it won't be just auction calves. What else, say, will be happening on the day? I suppose that will appeal to the whole family.
1: Uh, so we have about um, ten or twelve companies that are have given us donations or sponsored us in some shape or form. They'll all be having stands there on the day uh we'll also be having uh food producers that donated produce to um a valentine's initiative there for rare and go where there was hampers made up of quality irish food produce so a lot of those producers will hopefully be coming along on the day so there'll be kind of a farmer's market theme to the event as well um and the celebrity auctioneers will be hanging around to chat and take photos and stuff uh john the bull hayes is uh one of our auctioneers and i think he'll be right good crack on the stage uh, and helen carl is also auctioning a few uh, and we have three more auctioneers lined up um which would be well known publicly so it should be a good fa- fun day for the family we'll try and keep it to. i think that we're hoping to kick the auction off around 12 o'clock and have the last calf sold hopefully by two o'clock because we're conscious that farms are busy this time of the year and people want to Kind of, they have a lot of morning jobs to do and they have jobs to do when they go home in the evening. So it's a few hours around lunchtime, but it should be a right good fun event.
0: And I suppose finally, just to wrap up, Peter, you know, you mentioned the importance of talking and the importance of having a conversation. And you've also highlighted there's a huge uh, support network, um, you know, for you, I suppose, in, in your role on the dairy farm. Um, from Paula and from the children I suppose like what are your you know any key messages that you have for I suppose dairy farmers who are you know under pressure at the moment um, on their on their farms you know as a result of I suppose you know the busy spring period
1: Yeah look I suppose look we're all we all have a huge workload at this time of the year uh, number one thing has to be try and eat, eat healthy and uh Get a, get a good night's sleep if possible. Now, I know that's with, with calving. It's not possible to get a full night's sleep, but you know, there's there's an hour or two there in the day where you can grab a few hours sleep. The contractor should be taken up uh, as much of the tractor work as possible because there's no way a farmer can take on everything himself. And I think it's very important to get off the farm as well just for an hour or two at some stage. There's always going to be a slack day in calving where you can kind of say say at 10 o'clock. In, in the morning look my jobs are done right I'm going for two hours and myself and Paula do it there we We go for a breakfast date or something just to get out and see the real world because you just can't be there seven days a week like it's a it's a no-no-one I think even just having good friends and someone to chat to um, uh, for myself I know I'll I'll listen to a real good podcast now or something or, so you, you, know, you, you, you listen to us on.
0: Peter is that right
1: you t- oh I, you I, I, do, I, I do I do and, uh, and I do and and I let it listen to the art of ones as well but uh, I, I, you're on the list don't worry <laughs> <laughs>
0: good stuff I think that's a great note to finish on so I suppose we're to go on the 2nd of March and uh, donations are still open so any, any calves you have um, Peter is willing to take them that's great thank you Peter
1: thanks mate much appreciated
0: that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Peter Hines for joining me on this week's show don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google podcasts, as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.